Welcome to Veterinary Advice, Animal News, and Views, the show dedicated to pets and the people who love them. Brought to you by DrRogerHolisticVet.com, the place for safe and effective natural healing for dogs and cats. Now, here's your host, practicing veterinarian, Dr. Roger Welton. Good evening, pet lovers, and welcome back to Veterinary Advice, Animal News and Views. I'm your host, Roger Welton, practicing veterinarian, coming to you from the Florida Space Coast. Welcome to the, I guess, technically part two, but really part one of my preventative pet health care series. We're going to be doing this for a while now because I'm endeavoring, as per my last episode, to really shed light on specifically what it is we're doing so that pet owners, not just in my hospital or those that come to my hospital or those that live in my immediate area here in the Florida Space Coast, but nationwide, we can really start getting back to taking preventative pet health care seriously and understanding why it's important. And again, the message has gotten lost through the years because I think we've gotten complacent in the industry. And if you know you want a little more follow-up on that, you haven't heard my previous podcast from last week, I would advise you to, to listen to that. And I'm also blogging about this as well. And the blog, obviously, is adjunctive material. It gets maybe a little bit more in-depth, adds some ancillary information to what I do here on the podcast. And I have two blogs. One is web-dvm.net. That's a general veterinary medicine blog. And I also have Dr. Roger Holistic Veterinary, or I'm sorry, drrogerholisticvet.com. And that is more of a holistic angled website and blog. So either one of those you can take advantage of. But um, tonight we're talking about, for from my perspective, the most important part of the yearly visit, the preventative pet health care visit. It's overlooked. It's taken for granted. Part of that is our fault. But it is the most important, the most important aspect of it. And that's the yearly examination. So... We don't have any email comments for this week, so we can dive right into our topic. And uh, I did receive a few emails from long-lost relatives in Nigeria that need my bank account number to give me millions of dollars that a long-lost relative left me. But other than that, we we don't have any uh, email comments, questions, or concerns this week. So we're going to get right into our topic. And before we jump into it, let's talk about, or let me just uh, give a quick shout out to our friends at the Prepper Broadcasting Network. Thank you for tuning in over there and thank you for having us on our network or on your network. It's much appreciated. The um, the yearly examination, so let's, let's you know, don't tune, turn me off just yet because this is like really important things to say about this. And there might be some things that you've never really heard from me before. So you know, some people hear examination and they think it's just a ploy to add some cost to the visit, that it's really not necessary. In fact, if you listen to my broadcast last week, about 34% of cat owners, you know, cat cat owners, not, not all pets combined together, but cat owners do not feel that a yearly examination is important. And that is a big problem. And it's a problem we're trying to get ahead of. Feline medicine really has suffered the most comparatively with preventative pet health care declining over the past decade. Of course, it applies to dogs as well, but the cats have really taken a back seat. And we really have to return to a better quality feline preventative pet health care. But this is, we're talking about all, all uh, dogs and cats right now. 
So one year of a dog or cat's life is equivalent to about five to seven years of a, of a person. And when we say five to seven years, it's going to vary depending on their life stage. So early on, they mature very quickly. They're at sexual maturity, generally sometimes by four to six months of age. And so that kind of gives us an accelerated, I guess, representation of what one year of their life might be. As they hit middle age in their senior years, that slows down a little bit. And then we take all their overall life, average life expectancies and, and we come up with this number and it's, it's pretty accurate, between five and seven years of a person's life. So consider all the things that can go wrong with humans in a five to seven year period. Quite a bit can go wrong, especially as we get older. But even when we're young, we can start to get away from things, chronic conditions. I remember between leaving for or finishing up my prereqs uh, after I graduated college, I had to do a, a master's level course to... You know, finish my requirements to get into veterinary school and then applying to veterinary school, shipping out to veterinary school, attending veterinary school, doing my clinical year. I mean, all of this stuff went by in a whirlwind. I was so busy. I hadn't had my teeth looked at in five years by the time I graduated veterinary school. <clears throat> and I went to the dentist and they had an absolute field day. Luckily, I didn't have, need root canals or anything like that, but I needed to to begin with what was known as a full mouth debridement. So they couldn't just do a standard cleaning on me. I had such deep pockets and periodontal disease, but below the gum line, they actually had to numb my whole mouth and use a, a scaling device that gets so far beneath the gum line, it's actually against your roots. And so it's excruciatingly painful unless your your mouth is numbed up. And I, I endeavored to never go through that again. Now, mind you, I graduated veterinary school at the age of 27. So this was me, 27 years old. So from the age of 22 to 27, I didn't see a dentist and, and look at what happened. And I was still a relatively young man and my teeth had gotten away from me. So, you know, that's just a perfect example of what can happen to me in five years time. And I brush and floss two times a day and mouthwash. And still that happened, right? Our dogs and cats are not brushing and flossing twice a day. Many aren't even getting brushed, period. And so, you know, periodontal disease is, is going to be one of the big things we, we commonly pick up on. But there's more to it than just that, though. So let, let's go. I want to go back and, and tell you about my month of October 2014. So this past month, when I look back at the majority of the procedures that I recommended, most of them were f as the result of things that I found on yearly visits. So we're talking about six dental procedures that I did where I found painful and health-compromising stages of periodontal disease. There was about, I would say, more than half of those. I want to say four out of the six actually needed some significant oral surgery to get them back up to speed to get them healed because those teeth were so far gone. And, um, you know, so that that's dentistry. There was an echocardiogram that we had to recommend. An echocardiogram is an, a heart ultrasound. A four-year-old King Charles Cavalier Spaniel came in. I've been seeing him for years. He's a wonderful dog from a wonderful family. The father is an actual veterinary, I'm sorry, not veterinary, human internist. And, you know, so he's a medical doctor. And so he, he, he deals with cardiac disease all the time in people, but unbeknownst to them, their dog in the last year, so from the previous time I saw this particular dog when he was three years old, he developed a high-intensity heart murmur. Well, we discovered the murmur, and 
This dog was showing no signs of disease, but thank goodness I heard it on the yearly examination because ultimately we did an echo on this dog and he has a deformed heart valve that is congenital and it's just sort of progressed over time, became critically or clinically relevant at this point in his age. It's called mitral valve endocardiosis. And he's got a, a backflow of blood that occurs when his heart contracts at this one particular valve called the mitral valve. And as a result, the heart works harder and beats faster to get the same amount of blood moving in the same direction because some of it's getting lost in backflow. And over time, that can lead to a condition called congestive heart failure. Had I not picked up on this, that could have happened in the next year, year and a half, maybe sooner. So we found the defect. So we immediately put him on a low-sodium diet. We put him on a vasodilating medication. So vasodilator is it's a once-a-day medication that opens up the blood vessels, so it increases the diameter of blood vessels, so his heart doesn't have to work as hard to push blood through the blood vessels. We're essentially lowering the blood pressure. So, so low-sodium diet to prevent hypertension. He's on this vasodilator. We're going to re-echo him every six months to watch the progression of disease to see if we need to get more proactive and aggressive with his care. Very important. Well, I guess, you know, th this internist just said, wow, that's just incredible. Um, thank you so much for discovering this. I would have never known. None of us would have ever known until it was too late. So let's let's move on to the next one, the class four laser therapy induction. So we have a class four laser, cold laser therapy. I've talked about laser therapy quite a bit on this show. Well, this particular Bichon, there's a nine-year-old Bichon comes in, walking in, and I noticed that his elbow is poking out laterally from his body on the one side. And I saw him walk in in this weird fashion. I just asked the owners, I'm like, have you, has he been doing this for quite some time? And they said, as a matter of fact, we haven't really noticed, but come to think of it, yeah, he's really holding that leg out as he walks. Well, dogs will commonly do that when they have injured or arthritic elbows. In this case, when I palpated and manipulated his elbows, it was fairly sore when I did it. And there was a lot of crackling as I manipulated the joint. And so we took a follow-up x-ray real quick and had a look. And he just doesn't have arthritis at the age of nine years old. And mind you, nine years old is not ancient for a Bichon. They, they tend to live long. But this dog's only nine years old. And here he's got severe degenerative joint disease in that elbow joint as a result of early onset arthritis. Not dog wasn't obese, has no seeming predisposing factors. He lives a pretty, you know, normal lifestyle. And here he developed degenerative joint disease. So we, di we discovered this. And as a result, we started some joint chews. And we started laser therapy. And within about, I want to say, treatment, by like treatment five, the induction phase of laser therapy, six treatments over a three-week period. By about treatment five, the owners came in. The dog's walking pretty close to normal. And they're telling me, wow, this is incredible how well this was working. So we restored this dog's quality of life. The owners are telling me, you know, not only does he look better when he walks, it's like he's got a new lease on life. We didn't realize how much this was hurting him. And that's the other big point about the yearly examination is that we find things that the dogs and cats aren't necessarily telling us because by their nature, they tend to, like other animals, they tend to suppress signs of pain, suppress signs of illness, they don't want to show weakness because in the wild, what happens to animals that show weakness? They get taken advantage of. They get predated upon. They get their food stolen. They get chased out of their territory. So our 
pets are, you know, domestic pets at this point. And of course, they've, you know, they're, they're not quite wild animals, but they keep, still keep some of that instinct where they're really going out of their way to not show us that they have, they have pain or illness. So a lot of this stuff goes under the radar. So here's this dog now, because of his physical examination, just has a new lease on life. His quality's better. He's probably going to live longer. And that elbow is going to degenerate slower. And because degenerative joint disease, when they're painful in one joint, on one side and one limb, they tend to shift the weight to the other limb. We're actually helping the other limb from degenerating as well. Reason being is that now he is willing and able to put a greater load on that compromised limb. So, I mean, we just changed his life and it's just, it's just phenomenal. Owners are absolutely ecstatic. But the mother of incidental findings this month, the mother of incidental findings that I detected on yearly routine visit in the month of October was a 10-year-old pit bull. The pit, the pit bull's owners had not observed there was anything wrong with her leading up to the visit. They said, when I, we took the medical history, you know, she she's doing great. We're so happy with how she's doing. She's just here for her immunizations and her checkup. And as I'm giving her her checkup, I feel an enlargement in her abdomen. And the enlargement kind of moved around and she kind of winced a little bit. And I... I said to the owner, I said, you know, I feel something in this abdomen that's a little bit concerning. Let me let me take an x-ray. Would that be okay? They said, absolutely. So I take the x-ray, and we discover this dog has a very enlarged spleen. In fact, she had a mass on her spleen about the size of a cantaloupe. And the dog is a you know big, deep-chested dog, a little overweight, so it kind of went under the radar. But in hindsight, when the owners looked at her, they said, you know, come to think of it, she seemed a little bit big in the belly, but she's got a big belly anyway, so we didn't think much of it. Just thought she needed to lose some weight because she's doing great otherwise. Well, ultimately, I I recommended an abdominal exploratory surgery because her blood work was fine. Everything looked fine. I suspected she had a condition called a splenic hematoma, which is a vascular incident, vascular accident that happens within the spleen. Blood vessel ruptures and pressure builds up in the spleen and it causes it to distend and and dilate. Often the pressure is enough to make the blood that is being hemorrhaged clot, but now the spleen is abnormal and more vascular accidents occur, so on and so forth, until we have this big outpouching of tissue, splenic tissue, that's also filled with blood that's a ticking time bomb. It could rupture at any time. So I got in there and I found that the rest of the organs look fine. Kidneys look beautiful. The dog had a liver that looked like a liver of a puppy. Everything else looked fine, but the spleen was grossly abnormal. It ended up weighing eight pounds. A normal spleen of a dog this size should weigh no more than a pound and a half. This was an eight-pound spleen. It was grossly abnormal. I removed it. She just came in about two or three days ago for her recheck. She's doing great. You know what the owners reported? Wow, it's like she has a new lease on life. It's the same story over and over again. Are you seeing are you seeing the theme here? There actually was something going on with 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 this particular dog. The owners it was under the radar cuz she's getting a little older each year and the owners just assumed hey, she's getting a little older. You know, she's not quite as vivacious and chasing squirrels as she used to be or she used to do. And they just figured she's getting a little older and but other than that she looks great cuz she's eating great, her stools look great, everything's great. And it's not their fault because it's a reasonable assumption, but because they had the commitment to the yearly examination, we removed this big thing, abnormal thing out of the abdomen, and now 
the hardest part of the recovery for the owners was reining in her activity because all she wanted to do was chase squirrels again, go for her walks again. She was happier. She looked younger. They told me it's like we turned back the clock to six years old on this dog. You know what else? It also saved her life. This thing was so large and so ready to burst that probably sometime within the next 60, I'm sorry, 30 to 60 days, this thing probably would have ruptured, unbeknownst to the owner. Splenochematomas are known as the silent killer because, you know, often the dogs don't show outward pain or signs that this thing's forming in their abdomen. The spleen ruptures and they start to bleed out internally. The dog feels tired because they're bleeding out internally. As a result, they go to sleep. They continue to bleed and they never wake up. So that's how it that's how it goes if it's undetected. They lay down, they go to sleep, and they never wake up. And that would have happened within 30 to 60 days had this dog not had a yearly visit. And this is why I believe for senior patients, you know, for these older patients, like eight years or older, I think it's wise to do a twice yearly examination. One where you do the heartworm screening and the stool analysis as well. And of course, I mean any pertinent immunizations, but the other one where you're just doing a nice thorough physical, you're taking blood pressure, taking temp, checking their mucous membranes, listening to their heart, listening to their lungs, palpating that abdomen because had this dog not come in in a timely manner, you know, it just worked out perfectly that she got to us before it was too late. But let's say her yearly wasn't due for another two or three months. She might have died before she got to me. So that's an important lesson too. So, you know, as far as senior pets are concerned, I'm going, I'm going to be advocating for twice yearly examinations because that would be equivalent to you or me getting examined once every three to five to six years, right? So I'm sorry, th- I'm sorry, three to five years. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, I'm a middle-aged dad now. I got a six-year-old son, a four-year-old daughter. I have a lot to live for. I'm all about early detection. I don't want to go five years without an exam. So when we let them go that full year, we're letting them go five to seven years without an exam. And, you know, that's something for you to think about. Have that mid-year examination. I think it'd be a great idea. But I'll be satisfied, honestly, if I could just continue to consistently get these pets in on a yearly basis. By the way, the owners of this pit bull, they are so happy and so ecstatic that they actually told me they're going to tell everybody they know. Every anybody whose ear they can get, they're going to tell them, please do these examinations, do the yearly preventative pet health care because we wouldn't have our dog if it wasn't for keeping up with the visits. So I'm talking about procedures here that, you know, all emanated from just yearly routine care. But but these are just procedures. How about let's talk about quickly about diseases that I found on routine examination. So I got it listed here. KCS. KCS is dry eye. It's awful if you talk to anybody with dry eye, meaning that the, the, the eyes don't produce enough tears. The meibomian glands of the eyes have conked out. My meibomian glands are responsible for 80% of tear production in the canine eye. And when they're not making enough tears, the cornea is chronically dry. And it's irritating. It's painful. It's awful. Talk to anybody with dry eyes. It's not fun. Well, I, f- I found two cases of dry eye. Uh, one on a Pekingese, of course, they're kind of one of the poster dogs for it, and one on a Shih Tzu, another poster dog for it. Owners had no idea, but with the minute I looked at both of these dogs, I said, you know, those corneas look pretty dry, and if you look, they, the, the whites of the eyes are pretty red. I think these eyes are chronically irritated. Sure enough, I did, you know, these little strip tear tests that you can do real, real quick right in the exam room. They were making like zero tears. 
the tear strips with a normal dog when you put the tear strips in they sh that the scale should be somewhere between 20 and 25 both of these dogs were were less than five so they were making virtually no tears and of course that that condition is quite treatable we put them on uh, a drop called cyclosporin and i expect them to have a much better quality of life and i will bet you when i do those rechecks you know this was just last week so haven't had the opportunity to recheck them yet when i do those rechecks i'm going to hear the same thing wow who knew it's like he's got a new lease on life I'd, i'm just waiting to hear it you know and i love to hear it i uh, found fleas found ticks Found a number of skin infections because when I examine the dog, I might look in places where you don't look. I'm going to look in the vulva area. Who's going to check out their dog's vulva all the time? Not everybody. You know, so I find these perivulvar inf infections, a lot of yeast infections in that area. I look between their toes. I find cysts. I find bacterial infections, a particular condition called pododermatitis that we see a lot from allergies. Saw a number of ear infections that I treated, inflammatory airway disease, hypertension. Any pet over the age of eight or let's say eight years or older in my hospital gets a blood pressure reading with a blood pressure reading device that's great for pets called a pet map. Hypertension can cause heart disease, as we well know, just, just like with people. It can make them prone to clot formation. It can also be a symptom of an underlying disease in cats such as hyperthyroidism in uh, dogs and cats both it could be an early sign of kidney failure so when we see hypertension we're going to want to do some senior blood work so you know this is just the ones that i went back and in hindsight remembered and kind of went back on the cases just so i could have a decent list for you but realistically i see so many pets in the course of a month this is probably the tip of the iceberg that i'm that i'm naming here to you in terms of diseases that i found but you know, this is the beauty of preventative healthcare. And that's why it's so important. Do I love to see emergencies? Absolutely, I do. Do I love to work through challenging medicine cases? Of course I do. I love the excitement of medicine. But you know what? Preventative medicine is equally as gratifying when you really think about it. Because look at all that emanated. Look at all we discovered and look at all the lives we changed just by doing preventative pet healthcare in the month of October. So remember this, folks. The yearly examination is the most important part of the yearly preventative pet health visit. And now, after this is out of the way, we're going to start talking about some of the immunizations. You know, people always talk about their pets going for their quote-unquote shots. Well, what's in the shots? We're going to talk about it. The next topic is going to be canine distemper. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about distemper. And you're going to realize that not keeping up with Canine distemper immunizations is a very, very bad idea. You're also going to learn that to give them the immunization is very, very, very safe. So that'll be our next topic. Next week, we will talk about canine distemper as a disease and how we prevent it safely. Have a great night, everybody. Let's try to get some of those email comments going again. I do enjoy that as a integral part of the show, and we haven't had them last couple of uh, episodes, so... Feel free. Don't be shy. I'd like to hear your contributions. Even if you disagree with me, I want to hear about it. Have a great night, everyone. Talk to you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.